when you gotta put when, on when that flow rider. When you're feeding for some flow. You're feeding for some flow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man, I just unplugged this. Oh. Oh. Longhorn Nation, we're back! All right, welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon, part of the 1012 Network of Podcasts. I'm Rocky. I'm Megan. I'm Rod. And I'm Harge. (laughs) And we are Fire the Cannon. Welcome, everybody. It is game week. Not only do we get to preview ULM, but we get to look forward to Alabama. And we get to do it with the Mike Harge and the Rod Babers. You know them because you listen every afternoon, the most popular sports show in town. They are... <laughs> ball don't lie. <laughs> we know they are ball don't lie. Welcome, Mike. Welcome, Rod. Introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Rod Babers, Lifetime Longhorn, Rod Babers on the show with my co-host, as you know, I'm uh, Hardball Harge, and uh, you can catch us 3 to 7 p.m. weekdays on 104.9. And I'm Hardball Harge, and you can catch me with my man, Lifetime Longhorn, Rod Babers, 3 to 7 on uh, The Horn. And we have a lot of fun. We like to cover all sports, but right now it's football season, and that's why we are here with the ladies of Fire the Cannon. Shout out. (laughs) Shout out. Thank you for joining us today. How lucky are we? Yeah, we we love having y'all. Always, always interesting to listen. Always a good time, man. Uh, Really, though, let's dive in. It is football is here, Um, y'all. Football is finally here. Thank God. No doubt that the long (laughs) drought is over. I don't know. Thank God. I feel it's even worse now that it's Oh, Oh, now she's stressed out. Now she's Now that it's finally is here, all the trash we talked all off season about, man, I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. Texas has had so much momentum in the offseason. It's going to be great. And now everybody's like, uh, I'm kind of freaked out. I'm kind of nervous. Listen, uh, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready to be hurt yeah. again. Damn right. Fuck the haters. I'm ready to be let's hurt again. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So we were back at the game. Let's let's spend a few minutes wrapping up what we saw last weekend before okay. we get to the future and all the excitement. Okay. So, Mike, were you, were you able to make it out to the game? Rod, were you at the game? I did. I made it up for a little while. Uh, I didn't say the entire game. I will admit that. I didn't say the entire game, but I did say the game. I did watch the game already my third time I rewatched the mm-hmm. game. I rewatched Texas ULM three times, so I'm really excited about the game. You are excited. And to, to, to drop <laughs> some knowledge about it. But I like what I saw. Listen, there's a great bit by Chris Rock. He says, you should never get credit for stuff you're supposed to do. Yep. Right. People say, I take care of my kids. I've never been to jail. I pay my bills. I've never been late to work. So all those things are things you're supposed to do. So you don't get credit for them. ULM is a terrible football program. <laughs> they have lost every game they played against power five teams for the last 10 years. You're supposed to bludgeon them. And Texas, they did. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. But I'm not going to give them a ton of credit for it because that's what you were supposed to do. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Mike. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, I did get a chance to watch the game. I actually had some like field level tickets I came in uh, on to. So I got a chance to look at these kids really warm up and be at that level. And I didn't get a chance to go to any of the open practices. I didn't get a chance to go 
to the uh, not spring game, but the night practice that they had. So I didn't get a chance to really see how big of human beings as the the key word right here, big humans. I got a chance to look at them. And this is an impressive group. Uh, to Rod's point, we expected them to win the game. And and that's what we 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 got. We got that from them. But the one thing that I will say, it is a different looking team physically. Um, it, it look because what we're gonna see this weekend is gonna be the exact opposite of what we saw last weekend from ULM. But this is where we get to judge the team on physically how they look. Football, that's something different. I'm talking about physically looking like an Alabama, Georgia, or some of those perennial big SEC teams. Totally agree. I don't want to say we didn't have unexpected things happen and right. things we don't need to bring up, but just in terms of dominating an opponent texas was supposed to dominate them and i'm glad they did right um and i think that was the whole point of you know playing a game versus ulm yep. all right well let's talk about what we saw and we got to start with qb1 right we saw yeah he came out the first drive was a three-yard run a bad pass and then an interception <laughs> then a worse pass because they say to, <laughs> when you throw the ball there's three things can happen and two are bad DKR, DKR. DKR. Yeah, yeah, right DKR. Mm -hmm. two bad things happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it just a great point. They did. They did. Okay, so what we took from that is right after he went seven for seven, eight for eight or whatever, and he shook it off. And that's what Sark talked about. One of the reasons he picked him, not only does he have to touch and the deep throws and all those things, one of the reasons he says he's picked him is because he, he shakes it off. He can, he can keep a level head, move on. What does that tell you about Quinn Ewers as a QB and also about the team that also shook it off with him? There was no phase in, all right, well, let's go get him again. Yeah. Um, you know, Hards actually played the quarterback position, so I'll be quick and let him expand upon it. But uh, for me, you know, I, I always joke that a quarterback is, you know, picking a quarterback is like picking a significant other, right? The woman you marry or man, <laughs> not the hottest person you ever dated, because that's not what's important. What matters, there are exceptions to every rule. And of course, my wife. wife is the hottest woman I ever dated in my life. There you yes. go. There you uh, go. I'm the exception. But uh, <laughs> what matters is compatibility, right? How you guys are compatible. And what that showed me, I love, you know, the way the story started for Quinn Ewers here in Texas. Haven't played football in, you know, what, a little over a year or something like that. Comes out, looks shaky. It didn't see the safety in the middle of the uh, field for that deep pass. It's like, dude, we all saw that safety. How did you miss that safety? Then, uh, then he throws a pick out of empty formation, and you're thinking, okay, um, all right, that was a lot of hype, but that <laughs> did not look good. Um, and then, you know, he goes over to Sark. You see him and Sark talking, and it reminds me of when my wife's able to calm me down and get me back on track when <laughs> I'm erratic. She's one of the only people that can do that. And I think that was the case. It reminds me of the compatibility between Sark and Quinn. I think they do get each other. And then what happens after that, right? Put some Bijan on it. Mm -hmm. The next four plays, Bijan, 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 Bijan. Yeah. Right? Best and way to settle down. Bijan is the way to settle everything down. Put a little Bijan on it. They, <laughs> he got the ball four straight times. And then came the fourth and four. He flicks it to Jatavian Sanders. And then Harge, uh, the beginning of something special. Give Harge a ton of credit. On our pregame, uh, Hard said his his game his player of the game was going to be J T. Sam. He said he was going to be the guy, and I was like, "Well, oh, done. that's great." But I mean, 
He did something we hadn't seen in 15 years. I didn't catch a ball. He was the leading receiver for Texas at the tight end position. And we hadn't seen that in, uh, what, since 2007? Jermichael Finley. Right. Jermichael Finley yeah. And not just receptions, critical ones. What do you think, Mark? Mike? Mike, what did you see? Great well, and that was the other thing, too. You know, yes, I I, I mentioned JT Sanders in the, the pregame. And the thing about JT Sanders was the fact that he had 54 yards after the reception, yards after contact. So that was that was huge. And that's going to be something that's going to be a vital part of the success that Quinn Ewers has. But him at the beginning of the game, I think that not necessarily that he was nervous. Maybe he was, uh, you know, we talked about rust and the possibilities of him having rust. But I think, too, the speed of the game when it really was a real game for him was the adjustment that he had to make. He's got an unbelievable arm talent. There's no doubt about it. And uh, Coach Sark has been talking about it. But the one thing that stood out to me is the fact that Coach Sark told us this a long time ago, that this kid is even killed. And you can see it during his interviews. You can see it when he's hanging out, when he's walking around. It just looks like nothing really phases him. And that's the 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 thing that I really truly enjoy I remember Rob was talking about the fact uh, earlier this year that Nick Saban was watching Mac Jones and he wouldn't even watch where the ball was going he was just watching his body language he would that's how he would know what was going on and I think that's a very critical part of playing the quarterback position you can't be too high you can't be too low you have to be even kill in the relationship and the trust that Sark has in Quinn yours is the reason why he named him the starting quarterback. I was on the Hudson Carr bandwagon at the very beginning of the year. And I thought that he was going to come just because of the, the security blanket of knowing Sark's offense was going to help him, but there's no way we could deny the talent that he has. And that's why he did get the starting position. There has been a ton of hype and we all know Texas fans, you mentioned, yours being even keel we all know that texas fans are the exact opposite <laughs> of that right and yeah. and again i i think this game started in a way that probably set a lot of people off and i'm sure there were a lot of there's a lot of screaming at the tv there was a lot on our end but again to that point he stayed even he stayed cool he stayed collected got his shit together and then led the team i thought that was exciting and again of course we don't want to start quite that rocky perhaps you know mm-hmm. but for a young quarterback, I thought he showed poise beyond his years, especially for a guy that hadn't played ball, real ball, in over a year, right? That yeah. That's rare. That's unique. I'm going to focus on that okay. because that, that's something special. And, and, and I think that's something Texas fans should be excited about. But like has been talked, like that has been discussed, we got to give have some patience with him, right? Growing pains. Right. Growing pains. He's a gunslinger. He is a guy that that will figure it out and have these incredible plays, but he's going to do some boneheaded shit from the get <laughs> Right. And, and, and we need to know, we, we just need to know, keep our cool, stay with him. Just like the team's gonna, I think we'll get through this, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, cause uh, my man, E Hogan made a comparison today, uh, actually on the show, we were having our NFL preview and he was like, we were talking about the NFC uh, West actually. He was like, man, honestly, Watching Matt Stafford, he reminds me of Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. Like that's my comparison now. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And, and, and I can see that because you're talking about a guy that can make all the throws. He's an absolute. You're talking about a golden arm, mm-hmm. and that's great. Matthew Stafford led the NFL in interceptions. Yeah, this year, right? With the Super Bowl champion Rams, like his best season ever. Right. He actually led the NFL in interceptions. 
I, I, I totally agree with you, Meg. I do believe that this is not only the beginning of the growing pains. He could be one of those quarterbacks where you got to take the risk with the reward. He's going to want that. He believes Brett so Favre. much in it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Brett Favre. He right. believes Brett so Favre much. in the NFL forever in <laughs> interception. He believes in his arm. And in you it. can't rein that in. Exactly. Because it could be to his detriment. He's but a stallion. Like, don't, yeah. don't rein that in. But I also think to your point about Matt Stafford is it also depend on what was around him, right? You're so insulting to me, right? That now. is no. <laughs> Matt, Matt Stafford. We're the few in- Lions fans around here. Very few of them. Matt Stafford has shout out Chip Brown, certain, last one too. Certain, certain way he said it himself, yep. right? Without disrespecting my own team, I have more weapons around me now, right? So you, if you, even if you have the best arm, if you don't have protection or options or the running game or all the things that he has, or oh, did defense. Now, Right or a great yep. defense to not make you have to put up forty points yep, a game. Exactly that it, that all that has to come together. So that's what we're hoping for for Texas, right? If, if you can have Quinn Ewers, but if he doesn't have an O line or if he doesn't have a run game, like you said, he went to Bijan when things were getting rough or shaky at the beginning. Settle down. You got to have that, right? I agree with that. It's a good point. So, yep. so he didn't have that in Detroit. Well, back no, he did Stafford, not. And then he went to the Rams, and he had the and defensive had support. And he had a better running game. He had better wide receiver options with Odell and then all the guys they had. And that let him, let him be just, him. No, you're right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And, and Mike, I wanted to ask you this. Again, you played quarterback. You know, there was a lot of talk about the O-line. We, we know that Texas has struggled in that particular area for mm-hmm. quite some years, mm-hmm. right? Mike, what did you see? Do you think that the O-line lived up to the preseason hype? Of of oh no these guys are are getting it together. Do you think they lived up to it? Were were you happy with what you saw? Concerned? Give us your thoughts. I'm definitely I'm definitely happy with what I saw. But again, the measuring stick was not what we expected, right? I mean, well, it was what we expected. We didn't expect them to uh, apply that much pressure. But one of the things that was concerning was the fact that I believe we that they gave up three sacks to a ULM team. So. That is something too. But again, you go back and you look at the film and you kind of try to be aware of what's going on. Was it because the quarterback held the ball too long? Was he trying to make a play going down the field? Were there certain things? You got to be able to help your offensive line by, as my man Rod says, quick game, quick game, quick game. You got to get the ball out of your hand as a quarterback. I know that we're all sitting there looking for that big play. And sometimes you want to hold on to it just a little bit more so you can see down the field. But there are times where Coach Sark said this, it's okay to punt. It's mm-hmm. okay to punt and play, live to play another down. So I think some of that was uh, the sacks were caused because of the fact that the, the quarterbacks were holding on to the ball, both of them. Uh, Quinn Ewers held on to it a little couple times a little bit too long, and so did um, Hudson Carr. But I also believe, too, that this is the time in this week well, I know we're going to get into the uh, Alabama part of it, but this is the time where you really get to understand who these kids are. And that's what they are. They're young. We expect it. Just like we just talked about the growing pains with Quinn yours, you damn sure are going to have it with this offensive line because regardless of how talented there are, the speed of the game changes drastically this week drastically. So we will have a better understanding of what they need to work on how their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. We'll all have a defining message after this week's game. But to answer your question, yes, I thought they did well. Kelvin, you look at pro football focus, 
if you trust them, some people don't trust football focus. <clears throat> if you trust them, Kelvin Banks was your highest graded offensive lineman. Wow. <clears throat> so wow. That's really good. Like, yeah, you're you're yeah. Okay. So I have a quick question before you before you before we move on to looking ahead to this week. Defense. Immediately after the game, I'm like, oh, the two zeros blew me away when my eyeballs <laughs> watched the game. Tavian no Sanders <clears throat> and Demarvian Overshone. Rewatching the game, of course, Overshone was incredible. Ryan Watts. Oh, you I, like it, huh? I am in love. Are you like, I, oh, yeah. I'm okay. in love. I appreciate mm-hmm. that he chose to come to Texas. I was blown away with not only uh, – he had some hard hitting. He was covering his end. He he broke up some things. But I really mm-hmm. liked the way he was around everything, too. Mm-hmm. He I, was he worked hard. I love – see, this is why I love you, ladies, because we were just talking about this on the Longhorn Viz podcast today. Um. Which passion, I haven't heard yet. Pa- <laughs> but passion represented in pursuit to the football, right? And when I'm watching the game, I should see you around the football mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. right? There shouldn't be a play where I shouldn't see like, oh man, that guy's always running football. That number, that guy's always running football. He wants to run football. That and, um, you know, there's a great quote from Brandon Marion who was just hired by Texas. He says that, you know, offensively, he says, hey man, if you, the way you express your love for your teammates is what you do without the football. Hmm. Well, that's I, defense. I love that. We ain't never got the football. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, yeah, exactly. I love that. It's almost biblical. It's well, like, we, oh, We God. call that in rugby the donkey work. Yes. We call it yes. the donkey work. Not, not the work right? Not the work that's getting showboated and, and go. on the highlights. Right. But how did you help set up your buddy? Right. That was that's the donkey work. What, what, it, there's a great show. Uh, we were just talking about trash TV before the broadcast. You guys will need to hear that. What's it called? Dirty jobs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jobs that's, in America that need to need be, to be done. done. Back in the day. Yeah. But they're dirty jobs and nobody wants to do them. Yeah. Right. And it's, it, it, it kind of reminds me that that they're crucial to the infrastructure, to the structural integrity of everything happening. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, nobody, you never get no love. That's a thankless job, which is what the offensive line is. Uh, like that. Right. That's that's the whole group. The, the most unselfish group on the football field is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They, they literally put their back to the football. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they, they don't even they know, don't know, what's they don't know what's happening. What's happening it's a behind? exercise. It's like, well, coach told me I do this. And I just hang on to this guy. Right? I love it. So it's the world's most consistent trust fall. It really is. Think about it. This is what O-line is like. The coach said, if I do this, it'll work out. So, okay, bro, good job. Good job. You know? uh, but getting back to the defense, though, um, I sorry, random rant. But pursuit to the football. Think about this, guys. They missed eleven tackles on defense, double digit tackles against ULM. Did you notice it? Because the damage was minimal. Right, the damage was minimal. Why? Because you had mentality. Sir calls it populate to the football, which is kind of lame. Like I'm gonna find nerd populate. No party, party at the football. Sorry, take it. Poppy. He said populate in the breast area. We populate to the football. No, no, you're not a geek. You're not some. You know what I mean? No, you're not some analytical nerd. No party at the football, baby. We gonna party there. We get there. There's a party. When the the linebackers say, "I'll meet you at the QB." I'll meet you at the QB, bro. I'll see you there. No doubt. I'll be. I'll be there first, though. (laughs) I'll welcome you there because you don't meet you there. That's what I need that to happen. I saw that at ULM. I saw guys with the passion to pursue the football. Be in the picture. Good things happen when you're around the football. Be there more, son. 
get there. I appreciate the fact, Rocky, that you pointed out Ryan Watts because I've been talking about him since uh, Texas got him. Um, I, I I just think that he's going to be a difference maker and he's going to have a lot of success and he's going to help this team get better. And I, I really enjoyed the fact, too, that that when you talk about DeMarvin Alvershawn, Agent, Agent Zero, yeah. uh, being able to run from sideline to sideline, I think that is going to create a lot of opportunities for other players, too because of his pursuit angle. And the one thing that Coach Sark has talked about from the very beginning, too, was the speed. He wanted to put a lot more speed of, on the field. And I know Rod just brought up the 11 missed tackles, but you didn't get a chance to see it. But last year, you would it would have stood out more because everybody wasn't, everybody wasn't trying to get to the football and taking bad angles. And you still may take some bad angles, but if you got some help in other places, it's not going to be as much of a, of, of a wart, so to speak. So I'm just, I'm glad that some of the new players got a chance to really show a little bit. So now we can start looking, okay, is this guy going to be consistent? Is he going to be that guy that every time a play needs to be made, he's going to be there to make that play? Um, but most importantly, the fact that everybody is hustling to the football, yeah, right. hustling to the football, so, it, it, it saves so much part, so many different parts of the game where you can get to live to play another play. Because remember, I mean, some of those missed tackles, they were taken to the house before. Now, uh, now we're in a different spot. That was last week. Now we're playing against a team that's got like-minded players, like-talented players. Are you going to be able to play elite versus elite? Are you capable of doing that? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And and look, I'm going to kind of read between the lines here. I think the big difference maker with, and we're starting to see that. Now, look, I could be wrong, but I really get this feeling. This is this is showing that culture shift that Stark has brought in, right? We do have a lot of young players. Yep. We, we expect some growing pains like we've talked about, but that hustle there, that mentality is different. You guys were just mentioning, you know, the donkey work, the hard work, the, un, the unsung heroes. Texas for a very long time, always had these big star players, right? Yeah. But mm. we were lacking in that, the grunt work guys. We were lacking in putting in and developing the the intangibles, those unsung, unheralded positions yeah. that if you don't have that, a team just doesn't work. Bad culture. Right. It, mm. it, it's a culture that doesn't work. And I think that's what we're starting to see. Again, maybe I'm putting too much into mm. it, but there has been a shift. There has been a change in how these players talk how these players work together, how they're communicating, how they're hustling for each other. And I think we we saw some of that here with ULM, right? We don't see those 11 missed tackles. We see the hustle that comes right after. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's going to be a difference maker for this Alabama game. I agree. Mike, we're looking at this is elite talent we're going up against. No question. Let's talk about Alabama. First, Megan, what are you wearing in the game? <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's, that's a shift. That's a shift. Uh, I, I love, love it. it. I love it. Well, look, you know what I'm going to be rocking? I'm going to be rocking some home field apparel, y'all, because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's old school. It looks incredible, soft, and it's going to be a little hotter this week. So 
Re really, mm. you know, right now, 95 degrees. So you want some nice, breathable cotton fabrics. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So 15% off your first purchase, home field. If you log in Fire 12 at checkout, you get 15% off your first purchase. So nice. go get you some cool Texas retro gear or whatever your school is, because we know other schools listen to us. Go get your gear. <laughs> they have it too. All right. <laughs> Shout out. It. Shout out it. to all the schools. If you're listening, thank you. So let's talk about game day happening. So not just is it wow. the Saturday's game day. ESPN College Football Game Day is coming, even though it's a Fox Big Noon kickoff and their group will be here. Can we protest now for Urban Meyer to not step foot on our campus? Oh, he's going to be or, here. Or Clay Travis. Yeah. He's Clay Travis. <laughs> I hope half the signs are reminding them that they don't belong in Austin, Texas. Anyway, oh, all right. So we have the most important thing happening that day is that Flowrider. Flowrider. Oh, here we go. Flowrider. Flowrider. It's going to be on campus for the LCL Longhorn City Limits. I know I, I'm a big Flowrider fan. I just, I dig no, his music. You're among the biggest. I think you're underrating your Flowrider fan status. I, I, I really. Fandom. His, yeah, his music is I freaking fun. And when, look at this. I don't even have to go on. Look at you. You already got the break. Listen, I don't even have to go on to the internet to get any Flowrider stuff. She got Flowrider stuff ready. This Look. is in her, already in her albums. Yes. This is like I, in her stuff. This is in her iTunes. Yeah, it is. She's got Flowrider in her own iTunes, guys. Oh, yeah. I, I keep, I love Flowrider. Wow. So I had asked y'all to be ready because Flowrider <laughs> is coming. I'll start with Mike. Mike, when you, when you just got to put on that Flowrider. <laughs> what what song? When you got hello hello, repeat that line. When you when you gotta put when, on when that flow rider. When you're feeding for some flow. Feeding for the. Oh my god, man! Just unplug this. Oh, we did. Rod, Rod's having a hard time. Okay, I'm out of power. All right. Sorry, feeding for Florida. Go ahead. All right. We talked about it last week for Michael Jackson's birthday with Stephen from Fanatic Perspective. And the week before, we asked Homer about his Eminem jam because Eminem release is releasing new music. Oh, that's we love music on this show. I do. I like Eminem. No doubt. Mike, your Flow Rider jam. All right. If I have to pick one, <laughs> if I have to pick one. I'm gonna say, um, "Welcome to my house." <laughs> Which version? Just what? No. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? That's his culture. Yeah. I'm stopped. Open up the champagne. Is that yours too? It's my house. Come on, turn it up. Terrible. He will knock on the door in the night begins. Like, why? This time, no. This time, no. You're my dog. This is my dog. Make yourself a new home. Tell me where you've been. Yeah, you like yourself theater? something cold, baby. Cheers to the breeze. I love this song. It's got a special place in my heart. Wow. Carpool karaoke was a thing. You know, James Corden. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He still thing. does yeah, it. Yeah. That is cool. so, so Texas did that with Clyde. They took my car. They called me. They said, hey, can we use your car for this thing? <laughs> I actually have, I've like, I've sung Flow Rider. This is my house. In that. In my car <laughs> with Mike Perrin. So tell them who Mike Perrin is. They, they don't know. Listen, oh, who doesn't know Mike Perrin? Somebody <laughs> might oh, not sorry. know. I'm sorry. You're right. Somebody Everybody's not, everybody's not in on that. Mike Perrin was the gentleman that uh, graciously took over as an interim AD yeah. after Patterson tried to destroy the program. After OJ, OG Stevie P. <laughs> All right. So Megan was rolling in your car. With Damn it. And you know wow. where I live. 
You are definitely going to be front row, Rocky. Terrible. You are definitely going to be front row. Uh, you might no. have to pull me off the stage. <laughs> All right. Okay. Am I tripping? Is it Florida? And maybe I don't See, know. See, now you're questioning. No, I am questioning because I don't know. I don't think I know Florida then. I think I thought Lowell was the best Florida song with T Pain. Oh, that's up there. Yeah. That 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 is there. <laughs> yeah. No, that's she classic. Did not even know. No, that's classic. Yeah, it's the only Florida song anybody knows. Apple bottom jeans. I'm going to be paying for it. Lowrider is great. This is the one that I didn't. All right, yeah, well, let's move on quickly. I, it's so hard to pick, but I'm gonna say the one that ended the Hangover movie. Remember at the end of Hangover when they show Alabama's ranked number one in the country, though. Yes. yes. And again, they held on, even though Georgia whooped them on Oregon. Some people moved Georgia to number one, but the AP, yeah, kept, Georgia the AP kept Bama at number one, even though ESPN and the coaches poll moved Georgia up to one. Okay, that makes sense. I like that. Making for, yeah, I mean, there's no debate that Alabama, I think they got a little bit of that Bama bump, right? And they're coming in against Texas. Everybody wants to see this major matchup. I, I don't know. I think they got a little bit of credit because I do agree personally. I mean, Georgia had a harder test, obviously, yeah. in that first week. I thought they deserved to be in that number one slot. But whatever. It is what it is. We've got number one Alabama coming to town. Number one. Number, number one. one. So we we definitely – we're going to have some game day atmosphere here. It's going to be hyped. We, we, were, we remember the LSU game in 2019. We that was the last that. round, but now it's even bigger. Now it's bigger. Now not not by a whole lot. There, we didn't no. add too many seats in in the south end zone, but I promise you, it's going to be jam packed. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be, be atmosphere, and it's an eleven a.m. kickoff, y'all. That's that's the thing. It's all right. At least Texas LSU though was, I believe, two ranked teams. I think Texas was ranked. LSU were ranked. There's a poll right now where the AP poll where Texas is not ranked. 
Oh yeah, AP Texas, still no Texas. I think you got ESPN a number one person. Has a 23, maybe. Yeah, like 23, 23. Something like so that. Coach's poll has them at 22. Thank you. I saw yeah, another you poll that had them at 18. We don't know if they were using hey, the ranking from last week. Poll? Okay. Yeah. 18. I, yeah. I think I, I truly believe this. I think Texas had the greatest offseason in the history of college football <laughs> for any team coming off a losing season. I really truly believe that if you add up all the details. Okay. And I do think that momentum has kind of carried into the season. Sure. And now everybody's on board. Hell, Brian Davis is talking about NBC, talking about what the today it, show. Today the show, show out. Out. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. They're like, what the hell? Are you serious about this? Uh, in addition to uh, big noon kickoff for Fox coming out and also uh, ESPN's game day coming out. So it's just, I, I, it's great. It just shows you the power of the brand. It's beautiful. I love that the power of the brand, even when they're not ranked, even when people know we're not really good at the marquee, uh, obviously the marquee event, which is football for Texas, still the brand is powerful. The brand is strong. Texas, Bama versus Texas, the brand is still powerful. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. People still coming out for it. Hell, I mean, Jerry Jones was at Texas. I, I, mean, I With love his the, whole family. Yeah, I love that the brand still is sexy. It is still powerful. It still attracts. That's what that's what I like about it. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Now, so it is interesting. We've got game day, obviously announcing mm-hmm. that they'll be there. Big noon kickoff. Mm-hmm. And again, Rod, you just brought up NBC is talking about bringing in a major mm-hmm. show. Like, Everybody's excited. Now, last time, it's not common for game day to show up to a game that they aren't airing, right? The last time it happened was in 2021 with a little bit of Michigan Michigan State action there. Uh, I'm going to put that out there. But again, it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare that that happens. Um, It definitely has happened for Texas OU weekends before. I've been on the fairgrounds where you've got both of these competing shows literally right next to each other in front of the Cotton Bowl. It's a crazy atmosphere. I I think it was three years ago, actually. It might have been two and a half, three years ago that they were there, both there, because I walked by both sets, you know, during that time. Yeah. And again, it's it's that power of the Texas brand, which Rocky got got to dabble in a little bit here. OMG. (laughs) So I I tweeted something that pissed everyone off from the West Coast to the East Coast. (laughs) I got 200 and something quote tweets from people that what did you say okay that's a good i missed this what was i doing yeah because i thought i oh i I have have people from arkansas still tweeting at me like bless your heart girlfriend that you're still worried about me so i wrote haters gonna hate but espn college game is college game day is coming to austin even though texas just went five and seven texas is a 20 point underdog texas is unranked Texas is starting a redshirt freshman at QB. Kickoff is way too early at 11 a.m. And Fox is airing the game because Texas matters. Yeah. That's what I tweeted. That's real. I don't know what's what's going on. Okay, 269 people quote tweeted me to Uh, say I was delusional. I was upset. I mean, those are are Aggies and so. All of them. Bama. At least 70% of them. Oh, you're right. And Bama. And Bama. Oh, man. Bama Twitter got it. And they're like, no, it's good. We got the da-da-da. yes, it's because we're playing Bama, but they're not going to be at your game versus Austin P. How do you I don't know how to say it? They're not going to be at your game versus Mississippi State. They're not going to be at your. They're yeah. here because it's Texas Bama. Totally agree. When there's a top twenty-five game right up the road, yeah, right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point about the top 25 games. So what what were your thoughts? Does Texas matter, Mike? Well, I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. I didn't think I didn't I didn't, you know, that little meme where you go, no lies detected. I didn't hear anything that you said wasn't right, wrong. You know what I'm saying? Everything that you said is you hit the nail on the head. But look, you know as well as I do, this is the time of year that everybody loves their team even more than they normally would. They're jealous of the situation. Everybody hates Texas, and that's why you come to Texas. You're part of it. I mean, that that that's why I just I wanted to come to the University of Texas. That's why I signed my letter of intent to come here because it just it it just as the SEC it just means oh, it just means it. More, you know? <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, so I you didn't you didn't say anything that was wrong. It's just the people that get into their feelings because they're not in the same boat when it comes to that. It's like the Dallas Cowboys, and I always make this comparison. Everybody hates the Dallas Cowboys, but they're the most talked about team every single year. Amen. They're one of the richest teams uh, in the – they are the richest team. I mean, they made the most money, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with Texas. You know, they're always in in a place, and I think that's why everybody hates it is because it's the team that you love to hate. It's like Ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? I'm the blank mm-hmm. that you love to hate. You feel me? <laughs> So sometimes you got to make it happen the way that it does. And I mean, you got to have strong skin, that's for sure. <laughs> and you continue to get challenged, Rocky. <laughs> you know, I laugh at it. One, one because these people would never say it to my face. Ever, ever, ever. Not a single one of them would say it to my face. That's fine. They're Twitter warriors who are just mad. They think they have an argument, so I drop them with a statistic. And they're like, well, I'm not talking about that year. Like, okay, thank you, friend. I responded to some people that were just idiots. But then I like like the wise Dr. Finkley, April Finkley, Justin Finkley's mama says, mm-hmm. don't water the weeds. So I talked Ooh, to her. Isn't that good? I'm stealing that. Yeah, steal it. I stole Damn, it. That's good. She's so wise. And so I was nope. talking to her about it yesterday. And she lives in Alabama, right? Yeah, it's, she does. It's paint week. Oh, yeah. She said she, she's going off this week. Yeah. She's talking trash to everybody. I see it. She's like. <laughs> and so we had a little talk. And she's like, I said, I'm not going to water those weeds. I'm not going to water these weeds. But a couple of the weeds need to be cut down. <laughs> Amen. Good for her. But I let 99% of it go. No, you got, honestly, that it, it's good for people. Like I said, hate, haters pay my bills. Like I do, I live, in a, I live in an industry where I need haters. I need people to hate on the opinions. I need people to be hating on Texas. It's good to have that. Yeah, right? still talking about you. Yeah, they're still, still talking about you. And, and Jerry exactly. Jones, God bless his, his old behind. He understood that way before everybody else. Like, as long as we're talking about the Cowboys, I don't even really need to win games. Mm. And he knows. And no. that, sorry, Harris, I didn't mean to bring it up, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, I need to win games, bro. Uh, Thank you. You, you need to. But I'm just saying, like, to, to remain relevant, I, I never to remain right. relevant, you don't have to win games. And I'm just right. saying, I'm just saying, I'm a realistic Longhorn fan. I'm just telling you the truth about it. That's why the brand is still what it is. Is because last year you went five and seven, but you were on TMZ probably five to seven times as well. Because <laughs> they were talking about you every damn week. I'm so I'm going out. No, I mean, it's there. Look, I, we all know, and I, I've said this, we've said this. People love to hate Texas more than they love themselves. Yeah. Right. That's why the horns down. Right. That's the, the horns down. You're thinking about us more than you're literally paying my university to buy my flag to turn my flag upside down. Thank you. The University of Texas thanks you for your generous exactly. contribution. Look. People love to hate Texas. We know that. That's yeah. part of what makes this atmosphere great. It's yeah. part of what makes it fun. Part of what gives us our swagger. Exactly. We've seen those that culture come in. We've seen the kids now. Like, hell yeah, they're embracing that. I think in the past, 
There wasn't so much of embracing that. Now, man, they talk about it. They talk about it. They love it. They eat that. They, yeah, they they're good. looking for it. Overshown said, "Look, if Texas comes in and wins, a lot of people outside are going to be surprised." He said, "But inside this locker room, nobody will be surprised." And I love that, man. It's that mentality. Winners prepare. They're never surprised by success. Exactly. Winners prepare for success. I love that. And I think that's that's what the mentality this team is going in. Now, can Texas respond to getting punched? We're going to get punched, right? Alabama's going to throw some blows. Can Texas respond? Are we set up? Do we have the talent? Y'all, let's take a look. Let's talk about offense first and foremost. Let's go. Can Texas run with Alabama? Can the Texas offense run against Alabama? Can we score against Alabama? Um, oh, of course they can. Yeah, they definitely can. Um, the question is, can Texas find a way to neutralize Alabama's defensive front? Uh, because Will Anderson may be the best player in the country overall, period, even better than his, his quarterback, Bryce Young. Huh. Um, and Dallas Turner is the real deal on the edges. How do you neutralize those two guys? With freshmen on the O-line. <laughs> ding, 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 right? Kelvin Banks uh, is going to be a freshman out there at one point. He may be worth versus Will Anderson, uh, Cole Hudson. You have some young guys out there, right, growing pains. So here's what I, I think for Sark. Can you run the ball? Yes, you can run the ball versus Alabama. Remember, in the game versus ULM, not a lot was not a lot was showed. But I talked to my man Harge about this, too. And we, I brought it up on uh, Raj Rant uh two days ago on Monday, two days ago. But I talked about how they, I don't know why they decided to do it, but I think it's given us a little bit of a hint as to what the Alabama game plan could be. They used six old linemen, five plays in that ULM game. Uh, Andre Carrick put in on nine, number 92, I believe it was, something like that, Arch. And those five plays they ran with six offensive linemen out there versus ULM, they threw the ball more than they ran the ball. So they were needing it for pass protection or just to make <clears throat> them think they were going to run? Damn, you're smart. <laughs> That's what I love. <laughs> Both, exactly. To make Both. them think they were going to run. Both. And right? to see what they were given. Dang. Both, right? Okay. Exactly. That's why it's brilliant. Because yeah. most defensive coordinators and defenders, when you put six O-linemen on the field and you got B. John Robinson in the back, so you think, well, hell, I definitely run. Mm-hmm. And they got a tight end out there. Mm-hmm. And they had Keelan in there mm-hmm. blocking at some points. They did. They did the two, yeah. two tailback sets. Yeah. Um, so when you – exactly. So this is kind of my thing against Alabama. And I and – and those plays were really, really successful. They had an eight-yard run with B – eight-yard pass to B. John, excuse me, 11-yard run with B. John, that 20-yard RPO pass to X-Man down close to the end zone. Uh, and then I think Bijan ended up scoring after that. And they brought it again in the second half. Here is my new thing about how you break tendency in big games. You present the defense with a power personnel package. And power means we're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. You think we're going to run the ball. Well, I got six O-linemen out there. You think we're going to run the ball. If I put Bijan and Rojo or Bijan and Keelan Robinson out there in a two-tailback set or 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, you think we're going to run the ball. And that programming, I can get to work against you. Mm-hmm. Because I can actually pivot to pass principles out of that. I believe that's where Sark is going in the game plan versus Bama. I believe everybody out there, everybody in the stadium knows, well, they got to get it to Bijan. Remember the Oklahoma game plan, guys? Remember the Oklahoma? Remember the first 20 plays he scripts, right? 20, first 20 plays he scripts. That may have been the most 
spectacular 20 plays we've seen from Sarge since he's been yeah. head coach play probably since. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Out of those 20 plays, he only gives the ball to Bijan like five or six times. Mm -hmm. He was a decoy. Mm -hmm. Because everybody in Oklahoma was thinking, stop Bijan. We've been thinking all week, stop, stop Bijan, 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 which everybody always will think. And then he actually hit Joshua Moore, Jared Wiley you throw the ball to, handed off to Jordan Whittington. That's when first, the first game X-Man has that like breakout performance. Right. He built that game plan around guys he knew could have hurt Oklahoma, but weren't really proven commodities just yet. He's got some of those with this group here. He's got Jordan Whittington who went down to the Oklahoma game. You know, JT Sanchez has the greatest tight end performance we've seen in 15 years on the 40 acres. He's got Rojo. He's got Keelan Robinson. He's got some of those weapons. Everybody's going to be keying in on Bijan Robinson and stopping the run. I would not doubt in that game versus Oklahoma, 70, I believe it was a 75% run rate. Texas came into that Oklahoma game. Uh, that was actually, there was a tendency, right? 75% running the ball on first down. They actually threw the ball 60% of the time on first down in the Oklahoma game. They broke tendency. So I think in this game, he said that Hay has been in the board for three months. His game plan has already been finished for three months. I think he's going to present them. You'll have more two tailback sets than 21 personnel you've ever seen from Texas in this game, in my opinion. But he'll throw the ball because what's the one thing that Alabama cannot game plan for and break down? Quinn Ewers. Right. There's, there's no, no film, there's on, no film him. on him. Yeah. You, you, you know what the hell you him. got? You have no idea what he's going to do. You got one game on him. Check him down, dump it off. How did. Alabama beat Kirby Smart, the one, he was the one Nick Saban coaching disciple who actually know, had been on the staff with Nick Saban more than any of his other disciples, right? And how did Nick Saban actually beat him that national title game between Bama and Georgia? He broke out Tua Tungvalu in that game, and the reason he did it in the postgame, he said, is because Tua was the one player that Kirby Smart could not prepare for, mm -hmm. couldn't scout for he scouted everybody else on that team. He knew Alabama in and out. He knew Nick Saban in and out. And Nick Saban's only prayer was to put in that one freshman who I just brought in. He was the only key because the great scouting of Kirby Smart, the great football mind, well, you can't scout what you ain't got any film on. And, and that's when Tua came baby. in, they would have said, oh, he's going to run or hand off. And, and they he threw, threw it. And they threw, they threw it. They threw it. They threw it they down. Yes. I know it sounds crazy. He's like, well, Bijan's the guy. Yeah, I know Bijan's the guy. But Bijan early on used to be a decoy for everything else because they will be focused on him early on. And you can blitz them like he did versus Oklahoma. That's what I would do. Present them with power personnel packages, pivot to past principles, break tendency. I was actually at that national championship game when two was there, and I actually got a chance to see them um, nice. before – during the pressers and I was trying to figure out who this kid was and everybody was like, no, nah, he's going to play. I went out with some people before the game. They were like, Hey, he was going to play in the, in the, the game before that, if they didn't get everything to lead to the championship game, if he did, if Jalen hurts didn't get things turned around. So it was an interesting part, but what I look at in this game is I'm trying to look at what Rojo is going to do. And what I mean by that is if you go back and you look at last week's game, they didn't show much. Jordan Whittington is going to be a major factor as well. And that's who I'm looking at, but it's got to be a quick decision. And the one thing about Quinn, yours not being able to play, 
that's the one thing that I'm not playing in such a long time. I think his recognition of plays needs to be a lot quicker. I actually talked about that a little bit today uh, on Ball Don't Lie. But another thing, when I mean Rojo, I think Rojo is going to be that guy that is going to be that chip guy. He's going to be on whatever side. They're going to shift to whatever side Will Anderson goes through. I think he's going to be on the field quite a, a bit. He's going to actually be a factor because of the way he's going to run the ball, the Wildcat. He, I think this week we see him throw the ball out of the Wildcat. I think this is going to be a time that he gets a chance to throw the ball. But I think a lot of this has to be whatever side he's on, they are going to shift to make sure that they neutralize him. Let's not forget, against Texas A&M last year when they lost that game, he didn't even make a tackle during that game. Mm -hmm. He did not play well against Texas A&M in that loss. So I know that we're we're putting a lot on Will Anderson, and he damn sure deserves everything about it. But there is film out there to show where they were weak, where the uh, strengths were, and how you avoid getting in that situation. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I think Texas's talent, is definitely way better. And I know you're going to probably get, I'm probably going to get some hate mail here in a little bit. I think Texas's talent is way better than what AM's was when they beat Alabama last year. A year, year ago, yes. Yeah, I, I definitely believe sure. that. So if if the scheme is drawn up properly, and I, I, I don't disagree with anything that Rod says. I mean, he does the research and he knows the numbers. But I also look at some of the other things about it. And like you were talking about, Rocky, some of the eye test stuff. When you look at it, you can see certain areas to where they didn't get to the quarterback last week. They didn't get a sack last week either. You know why? Because they were quick. They were getting rid of the ball. They were trying to run screens and draws. So they never got an opportunity to get to the quarterback. So with that being said, I think Sark is, even though he said it was three months ago, they had this game plan three months ago. I think he did some research too off of what, success even though they didn't score last week there were some successful plays that utah state had and there's some things that they can pull from there as well can, can we admit though that sark i think sark basically just told us he was going with quinn Ewers the entire time too yeah no way you had that game plan in the works three months ago and you had it with hudson freaking card I, I know you're smarter than that so I know right. you put that game plan around. Yeah, because that game plan oh, that he's going to have this week is not going to be for the Hudson Card. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, he had two different game plans. And just uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Two packages. I think that is a good point. Stark is all, and, and I'm starting to see this more and more. We're starting to see this more and more. He's all about those mind games, he right? He is. He does play them. He's yeah. all about those mind games. He plays the depth chart thing. Exactly. Exactly. Mind games, bro. Exactly. When yeah. when the entire country collectively loses their mind because when Texas other coaches isn't releasing a depth chart. Yep. Other coaches are depth. Yeah. Nick Saban didn't release a depth chart. And he said, y'all were going to call me crazy. So he's saying he's not going to release another one in the future, actually. Nick Saban said, y'all won't get another Lincoln one in the future. Lincoln Riley didn't release one either, right? right? Yeah. But, every, but everybody wants right. to harp on Texas for it, right? But again... Yep. I saw some comments. Oh, oh my God! Don't you think the players want to know? Okay, listen, dumbass. Just because <laughs> a depth chart is not being released doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Those are two different things. They know. Sark, Sark's out yeah. here, but he did release chess. one though. So I do think he's he understood. Chess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so he, chess. I don't know what he's doing it for, but he did release one. So in the end, he released one. But he let all the hoopla and all the hype happen around him. Now, releasing one, I think Harsh might hit the nail on the head. Honestly, I think the unfortunately for the the lone ones, 
I think they're becoming the Cowboys in a sense where they're like, you know what, man? If it's hype, let's just take it. We'll take it. If it's a headline, we'll take it. I know you don't like it, but it does seem like it's facts. Those headlines. We, yeah. We've been on TMZ more in the last three years than we've ever been on TMZ. <laughs> and it's like, why the hell you? So you release a depth chart on the day of the game, but you wouldn't release one three days before? Yeah. What the it. hell, man? Why not? Because they were still competing for spots all okay. week. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, like, I think they honestly said, yeah. like, dude, we're playing all these fools. Absolutely. Oh, we That's want the head. I'll take the headlines from ESPN and CBS. I'll take it Fox. Give yeah. them to me. All the podcasts, let them talk about it. The more they talk about Texas, the better off we are because we head to SEC and we got brain to be at an all-time high. Right. We need I know it sucks. All right. So you mentioned something earlier about the scripting, the plays, and how Zark was elite, easily at scripting those first few plays. Maybe he didn't call the best this past weekend, or but he it worked it out. Mm-hmm. But like you said against Oklahoma, that was like the best collection of start off script. That it was you, amazing. Yeah, that you'd seen. Oh, okay. And so, his pregame fit was nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was real nice. But the was real nice. Nice. Yeah, I wish the second half was as high. <laughs> okay, so I, I have a question for you. So when the defense comes out, because we'll kind of flip talk a little bit of defense too, of course. You're part of DBU, right? You're a card-carrying member of DBU. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, and I want to get smart for a second, and I want you to explain. Knowing that they have their scripted plays coming out and the defense is coming out. So I want you to tell me, because we always hear base, nickel, dime, you know, these packages. Mm-hmm. And I've been hearing there are some players on Alabama's team that are so good. They stay out for all of it. Like, th- yeah. it doesn't matter what they say. So yeah, they're so versatile. They're so athletic. They're so smart yeah. and well-coached that they don't need to be switching players in and out. Mm-mm. They're ready for no matter what the package. So first, I want you to tell me, what is the difference? Because I want to hit no more. What's oh, the yeah. difference between base, nickel, and dime? Yeah. And when do you use them? And which yeah. one's your favorite? Base, essentially, the new description is for defensive backs. Because now, essentially, all of those different definitions are based off how two many corners, DBs on the safeties. field. Two corners, two safeties. That's your base. That is considered base. And then teams defer between being a 3-4, three, three down linemen, four linebackers, or being a 4-3, four, four down linemen, three linebackers. But the truth is, that's the most that's antiquated now. Like mm-hmm. basically 80% of the time you'll see Texas out in what they call a nickel package. Most teams, that's the case too. In the NFL, they're close to 75% of their plays, everybody being a nickel package. Five defensive backs. So, and this is this has changed now too recently. It used to be five DBs, two safeties, three cornerbacks. And now it's a lot of teams are deciding to go, even the Cowboys with Dan Quinn are doing this, they're going two cornerbacks, three safeties. Because they're realizing the safe having more safeties allows you more versatility in the back end, allows you to confuse the quarterback pre-snap a little bit mm-hmm. more because you can do more things to actually like mold and make the defense malleable in the back end. Move that safety right. You got a corner, this is a corner. But you need hard hitting safeties for that. You need versatile guys. Yeah, you need guys that can cover, guys that can hit. Guys that can drop back in zone, guys that can blitz. You want you want the what what Coach Akini used to call us the five tool safety. So now, uh, team, strangely enough, and dime. By the way, if you don't know what that, and I have no idea. Nickel basically means five DBs. Makes sense. Nickel five, but I have no idea why they call dime dime. And I I I played football, and I you know what I mean I studied. <laughs> I have no idea why they call dime dime, but it means six defensive backs. And Bama has a dime package. They call the rabbit package, where they only employ or deploy two defensive linemen or one defensive lineman. 
and they'll go two to three linebackers with six DBs. Oh, funky, freaky, crazy is, stuff. Is that they're expecting the pass? Like a third yes, and, and that predictable pass is yes, third and 11, third and 12. We know you're going to pass it. Hey, you know what? And we may decide to just put Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, two D linemen on the field, and that's our defensive line. And we go with the rest. One Henry, Henry Tioto or whatever, and Alpha Blind, and they can do the rest of those guys as DBs. But do you really think we'll see something like that with the threat of Bijan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, if that... you get Texas in third and long, with Texas, if Texas in third and long a lot, Texas is in hell versus Alabama because that means Will Anderson and Dallas Turner on the outside don't have to defend the run. They can just pin their ass back and just go after the quarterback. That's hell for Texas. They can't be there. So, they need to be in downs where they can either run or pass. Balance downs. So that's basically, for a nutshell, standard downs, four DBs, nickel, five DBs, dime, six DBs. They even have what they call quarters package now, right. which is seven defensive backs. Now, here's the thing with Sark. I love Sark. I think Sark is great. The, the hurdle for Sark, I talked to my man Harge about this too, the hurdle for Sark, um, in this new era of defenses, what they call the three high safety package. Mm -hmm. Now, John Heacock at Iowa State majored in this. This is what Iowa State does really well. The, matter of fact, coaches from the NFL and all around college football have come to Ames, Iowa, to study this defense from John Heacock. It's been that really, it's been that impactful. Jim Knowles used to be the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, now at Ohio State, and whipped the hell out of uh, Notre Dame with that defense. He loves three safeties in his defense. He wants nickel, but he wants the three safety package out of nickel. Mm -hmm. um, and now Alabama's Pete Golden is also a three high safety guy. Why is this important? Well, because Brent Venables now at Oklahoma also runs three high safety because he went to study it. Some of his concepts went to study it at Ames, Iowa. This is important, guys, because Nick's, Nick Saban is a defensive genius and he loves Pete Golden. So he's He's now pivoting toward this concept. Look at the three schools, three football programs that Texas played last year that major, all right, specialized in three high safety defense. So, uh, Oklahoma State, all right, in that. And if you look at the way those teams, and uh, Oklahoma State was dominant against them, and Iowa State. Mm -hmm. So you got Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Do you remember how Texas offensively looked versus those not well. teams? Not great. Not great. Mm -hmm. Dominated them, as a matter of fact. Like, Sark just couldn't figure it out. You're going to, Bama's going to run that system. Bama runs Well, because then, yeah. And also, they know we can't figure it out. <laughs> and then, yeah. And Nick Saban knows you can't figure it out because uh -huh. he was there. And so, so all three months ago, they figured it out. <laughs> it's good in the sense that if you want to see if Sark is a next level offensive mind, He's got to conquer the three high safety defense. He's going to see it versus Iowa State. He's going to see it versus Oklahoma. And he's going to see it versus Oklahoma State this year. So if he doesn't conquer it, well, he'll be, he'll be out in two, three years anyway. It won't matter. He'll be gone before we get to the SEC. But if he's the guy, he's got to overcome this concept. His philosophy is not compatible with that concept right now. And that's the, that is the newest. By the way, you want to watch, uh, you go watch that Tampa Bay, Kansas City Super Bowl and go watch the way that Todd Bowles broke down Patrick Mahomes, he did it with three high safety looks. Stealing it from Bill Belichick, who stole it from Iowa State mm -hmm. because he watched Iowa State dominate Patrick Mahomes with that look. It confuses quarterbacks really well, especially in the RPO game when you got to count the number of defenders in the box. Alabama will run this. So it sounds to me the, the bad news for Texas fans should be we've got a young quarterback. 
yeah. that's going to struggle a little bit. He, we saw early in the game mm-hmm. against ULM even. He struggled a little bit to, to see what was happening damn near in the middle of the field with exactly. the Sanders, right? Yeah. Exactly. Now, the good news for Texas fans is that we've got a young quarterback that nobody knows how he's going to develop. He's got Nobody. a good offensive mind. Like he, he figures things out. Exactly. He rebounds quickly and Bama doesn't have film on him. Right. Yeah. So we, we could, it could go either way. I'm going to say it could go either way. Glasses yeah. have full here. We're going to look exactly right. It could go either way. That's, yeah. It that's, really could. It, it's, it's a lot. If lot you're going to beat Bama, I don't think Bama has been beaten hard without a transcendent quarterback. Have you what, what, transcendent quarterback performance? Sorry. Transcendent quarterback performance. Have, has Bama been beaten? With Nick Saban as the head coach since they won a national title against Texas in 09 without the transcendent performance of a quarterback, I don't think it's happened. No, I, I think I think you're right with that. I mean, Stetson Bennett, a lot of people don't want to put oh, the respect Sean on his Watson. name. But, um, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Kellen Mond, I believe. No, that Kellen guy's got a ball out. Yeah. yeah. Quinn, you was going to have an iconic performance. Calzada, Calzada beat him. That's what I. Okay, think. that's true. Calzada beat him. What? Yeah. He's not transcendent. No, you're right. No, Quinn said his performance. performance. Right, I, I didn't go look at his performance. I don't remember how he. he well, no, I, he didn't. I remember about his performance is that he was like physically crippled and still getting up. That boy had guts that day. Like okay. he was yeah. tough. We're gonna that Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 right. That's right. And I mean, you know, you sit there and you look at it, and you know, like I said earlier. If you if you go back and you look at the game plan of how kind of to Rod's point, if your quarterback plays well, and I know he's talking about the three high safeties, but there's ways to avoid that. And that's the biggest challenge for Coach Sart. Those are the things that he needs to to adjust to because his biggest losses and the way that he's been not been as most effective has been against the three high safety. And the only way. You're going to be able to get over the hump is try to adjust that. But I think Quinn, yours, with with that being said, the quarterbacks last year, I'm a KC Thompson fan, so don't don't get what I'm about to say twisted. I believe that some of the things that Casey was trying to do, he didn't have that elite arm in those situations. But I think now we have a kid who is going to be so raw, he don't know no better. You know, he's going to go out there and sometimes being not as – uh, astute in certain situation benefits you. It can hurt you, but it also can benefit you because I think he believes in his talent. He was also one of the highest rated quarterbacks. And I've always said this too, why not us, right? Like why not a quarterback come in here for the University of Texas and be that Valley Hood player and be able to go out there and be effective. We we give Sark so much credit for being such a great offensive mind. Now he has an offensive elite talented quarterback to probably execute what he wants. And if that can happen, anything can happen. Still got to stop that offense of, of Alabama, but on, but on Texas's side of the ball, I said it before and I'll say it again. And Rod's made a point of this as well on the show, Texas skill level, skill talent is just as good as anybody else's in the country. They're, they're definitely on par. So this is where, again, elite on elite, what can you do? Alabama's secondary is not that great. They have some good players. They're not that great. And they're going to be tested this week, I believe. I love that. I love that. All right. So we're talking about defensive play from Alabama. Now let's flip that real quick. We'll touch real fast. Let's do it. Texas is keys on the defensive side. What does Texas need to do? 
Where are the uh, matchups that you like on defense? Yeah. What are matchups you're concerned about on defense? Ryan Watts is going to be key. You know, I'm not hard. He's been talking about Ryan Watts since he got on campus. And I do think this is the game where Ryan Watts' presence can be felt. Alabama knows that you want to play more man-to-man. Everybody knows. El has been telling everybody forever. They've all been. They're right. And we know you want to play more man-to-man. Talk to, you know, I was listening to Deshaun Jameson, my man uh, Jeff Howard, uh, got a chance to sit down with Kendrick Coburn. And Kendrick Coburn said, all I know is they're playing more man and playing more press man. That's all I hear. <laughs> so it's happening. And we know watching ULM that Ryan Day, uh, sorry, Ryan Day, Ryan Watts, <laughs> f- coming from the pro- <laughs> Ryan Day, right? Uh, that he is playing boundary corner and he's playing press whenever they give him, especially one a single receiver over there, but they do traditional twins. He's going to play press man corner. Now, if he's really good at it, that's a huge advantage for Texas because he can cancel out a player, essentially, especially taking away the quick throw. And we know that Bryce Young is a rhythm thrower. He likes to throw in rhythm. He likes to throw, especially he'll take whatever the defense is giving him, but he wants to take the rhythm throw. You take him out of rhythm, take that first progression away, whether that is that guy that Ryan Watts is uh, you know, pressing or not. You can take that easy route away and then force him into his second progression or third progression, uh, if that is the case. So I think for Texas, just having him, if he is technically sound at playing press man, which they have not had a corner since Holton Hill, I think, in my opinion, be technically sound playing press man, they can depend on him to cancel out a guy, and then you can play 10 on 10, Mm. uh, which is a better option for you at Texas than playing 11 on 11. And you're going to need an extra defender anyway because I think you're going to have to play a spy on Bryce Young. Absolutely. At least on uh, non-standard downs and passing downs. Because I don't trust. I think he's going to take the daylight when you give it to him. He's going to take the easy yards when you give it to him. You give him seven yards and just take on the second down hard. I think he's going to take it all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Man. Yeah, That's he had over 100, he had yeah, over 100 exactly. yards rushing this past week, which is yep. very rare for him. It's it's out of character, which is something, you know, we were talking about um, them being vanilla and not putting too much on tape, Texas, that is. This might have been something that they put on tape on purpose. This might have been, hey, man, because he, he, he's a pass, he's a run-to-pass quarterback. He's looking to pass all the time. Yeah. He's trying to extend plays and for him to take off like that, because one thing Nick Saban does not want to have happen is this quarterback get hit. So, you know, that might have been something that they wanted to put on on film. So to Rod's point, yeah, they might want to spy the quarterback, but that's going to leave some of those other players one on one and and open up the field for them, too. So there's going to be it's a cat and mouse game. This is where it's at. These are two elite coaching staffs. And this is what it's all about. This is what we wanted to see. This is how we're going to judge a lot of these players. But you were asking about the defensive side of the ball. I think the middle of our, our of our defense needs to play better. I mean, you know, we got to see an opportunity for Keandre Coburn, uh, about time, uh, be able to go out there and do something. And then you got Tavondre Sweat looked good. We've, I've been talking about Byron Murphy for a long time, and I, everybody in camp has been talking about it. Vernon Broughton. I think the interior of our team, of the Texas Longhorn, needs to step up and play well this week. Um, you're going to get challenged by that offensive line, and and this is your opportunity, and we keep saying it, and it's going to sound like a broken record, but elite versus elite. And if you're going to be strong enough, and if you're going to take that next step, and some of you guys are a lot older, so you need to step up. 
This is your opportunity now to put something on paper. Can we pressure the quarterback? Can Texas pressure the quarterback? I think they can. I think this is the game that we've been waiting for, Rod, where they're going to move around Overshawn kind of like they do Micah Parsons. This is something that they're going to have to do. And Byron Sorrell did 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 well. I mean, that was good to see. And, you know, Ophi Ogofu, he's going to have to step up on the outside as well. There's going to be some guys, and I, and I know Rod talked about this on our show. He was talking about some missed tackles by Jalen Ford. You know, this is where Jalen Ford has to play better because if we're going to have him over – uh uh, Demo flying around, he's going to need some help in the middle of the field, and that's going to be uh, Jalen Ford stepping up. So, yes, I think we can get some pressure on the quarterback. It, it, they can only pressure the quarterback. I mean, Sark was right about, you know, there's an old-age debate happening about, you know, what's more important, pressure or coverage. It's like chicken or the egg. And uh, Sark is choosing coverage over pressure this year. He's hoping that Bo Davis' development of the defensive line is going to work out with the pressure, and maybe Baron Sorrell, Byron Murphy are those answers. Uh, but it's all about the secondary, man. If the secondary can force Bryce Young to hold the ball a half a second, second longer, get him out of the pocket, then maybe kind of force him into making bad decisions. I think that's going to be the key. If you give him a check down, he's going to take that check down. So you got to take the check down away from that guy. I like it. Well, and something we've kind of talked about, it's it's come up. Alabama's number one. Duh, we get that. Mm -hmm. Alabama's expected to win. Damn right. Alabama's a 20-point favorite in this game. That's that's damn near insulting, that's in my opinion. That's, uh, and your, on your field. Uh, 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 right, on Texas field. To me, though, again, I'm going to look at the glass half full a little bit. What's Texas got to lose? Nothing. What do we have to lose in this game? I, I think we're going to see Texas play loose. I think we're going to see them go out and have fun. Because nobody expects you to win, right? Nobody expects you to come out and, and dominate number one, Alabama. What? I think there's going to be, I think the guys are going to embrace that. I think they're, they're having that good time. Uh, I so. Rocky, what do you think? Well, in Sark's presser, he said, you know, this doesn't define their season. What do you take from it? Do we hope they come and play well? And he's proud of their performance. That's what he's going to look for. But it doesn't define whether or not they're playing, you know, in the Big 12 championship game. It kind of can be a gauge for where they are. This is one of the things we talked about earlier about Jatavian Sanders, right? Having balling out his redshirt freshman. After the game on Saturday, they were, you know, asked him now we can look ahead, right? And he's like, well, it just means we got to get to work this week. This has to be our best week. Something along those lines of like, this means it has to be our best week of practice. If you're going to beat Bama, we know that started in January or whatever, and all through spring and summer and fall. Yeah. But he said this week, he's like, I just got to make sure the guys are right and that we train right. So you can see him kind of taking that leadership role again. But I think the team knows Beating Bama means how they train Monday, how they, you know, recover or do film study or whatever they're doing on Tuesday, how they train on Wednesday, walk through Friday, like that, all those minutes and moments determine whether or not they have a shot to compete on Saturday. So I, that's what I'm looking for. But at the end of the day, next year, when Texas goes in year two with Quinn at the quarterback, year three under the system, a couple more transfers, O-line has another year. I mean, I, next year I'd put money on Texas going into Bama and winning. Mm. This year, it's going to be uphill, and they have to play their perfect game, and they have to force Alabama to make some mistakes. It has to be on an un unlucky day for Bama, and everything goes right for Texas. And well, it can happen. No, no, it could. What I would say to the Texas players is, you know, listen, if you don't believe that nobody does, I know a lot of you guys want to play in the NFL – I don't know if you guys have seen the percentages. <laughs> but 
it's basically like winning the lottery for playing the NFL. Um, it takes irrational belief and faith in yourself and in the people in the locker room that you're around to accomplish something so of such great magnitude, mm -hmm. something momentous, right? And, and it doesn't happen to everybody. It's not supposed to happen to everybody. It only happens to a few select people who are special enough to be able to embrace that type of faith. You have everything you need. God has given you the skill. You have the support of the Longhorn Nation. You have that's what that burnt orange represents. You want to know what you represent? It's all on your jersey. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. The burnt orange represents the entire nation in the eyes of Texas that have always been upon you for hundreds of years and that are still upon you now, and they will always be upon you. The 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 the, the burnt orange represents that faith. Because those are the Longhorn fans, they have it. It's irrational faith. They have it in you. They believe it. The name on the back, that's your legacy. That's your family name. That, that's your, that's, that's what, if you don't play for that, I don't know what you play for. That's your mom. That's your dad. That's your brother, sister. That's your family name. And that Longhorn on your jersey represents your family too. Because if you don't have the family on your name, like the family name, then that's all your brothers that you're in the locker room with. That's the brothers that have been in that locker room before you, like myself, the Lifetime Longhorns. We're all with you. So to me, like everything that you are playing for is represented right there. You're wearing it. Go out there, show the world what the burnt orange and Texas fight are all about. And like you said, you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. You want to be an NFL player? All the NFL scouts are watching you now. There will be a few there. There will be a <laughs> bunch of them there. And they all want to see how you perform against what they say is the best Alabama team in history. And there's a, several players who are in wasted contract years. You know, there's overshown. Right? There's some people that there's, need to show. There's not a better situation yeah. you could ask for yeah. if you're a Texas player right now. Yeah, I would yeah. be in tears. Bijan. Like oh, yeah. on the precipice about to take that field thinking to myself. I'm about to make all my dreams come true. And I'm about to do it on this field tonight. And sorry, Alabama, you're going to be the victims of me accomplishing my dreams. It's about to happen. So I, 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 I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them. I can't wait for these young people. I'm, I'm excited too. Yeah. Mike, Mike, come on, man. Give us give us your keys to the game. How, how do you see a Texas victory coming out? I mean, the reality of it all is they know what's at stake. And it's not, not necessarily the win or the loss it's the it's the opportunity for for them to make a name for themselves you know we've been hearing all this stuff about put it on the dirt put it on the dirt um texas has been doing some great jobs recruiting they got some top-notch players like i said before overshone is that guy that i've been a fan of since he came to the university when i saw him pop casey thompson twice on a goal line in a spring game i was like man this dude coming downhill every single play uh been waiting for some of these other players to get their opportunity to step up and make plays Quinn yours is is the golden boy i mean he, he's the original quarterback that everybody wanted he wanted to come to the university of texas this is his opportunity he went to college early got to be around the system got to learn in a system watching on the film and doing everything on that so this guy all he needs to do is get that opportunity to be at the speed of the game. I think that's going to be a big part. I think also that um, 
over not over Sean, but uh Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson, this is his opportunity as well. I'm excited to see what he's got in his tank. I wonder what Coach Sark. This is a big stepping stone for Coach Sark, too. His legacy, you know, Rod's talking about the names on the back. Hey, his name is right on the front. Every time you see it, it's the moniker. Mm -hmm. And this is something for him, too, because we all know Nick Saban's record against his former coaches is 25 and two, to be exact. Um, But you start looking at it. Do you have an opportunity there? And I think he does. I think Sark believes in his team. And I've I've seen him two years now. This is the loosest I've ever seen him with the media. This has been, he's been jabbing at people. He's been, I'm just messing with you, but he's letting them know I'm paying attention. Did you write that? I know you're going to write that. I mean, he's paying attention to all that stuff because other people are getting a message to him or he's actually listening to it. I just think that this opportunity, even though it's just one game, even though it doesn't really mean anything, I think it means a lot more for other people on that team than it does for anybody else. I think these guys understand the challenge that's ahead of them. And I think there's more dogs in the fight than what we had before, because I think they're tired of getting that label of being soft. I'm not even going to call them soft. That's disrespectful. I'm just going to say that they weren't playing hard last year for a five and seven season. We we know the numbers going into halftime leading four times. They lost the game of their seven losses. They were leading. Coaches need to make adjustments. And the biggest addition to this thing, the entire players and everything, is going to be what Gary Patterson has brought to this team about finding out their weaknesses. That is what I'm looking for this week. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. We're going to make our game picks. And Mike, we're going to start with you. Let's give you one bold prediction for the game. And then if you have a score prediction. All right. Jaron Thompson's going to get an interception. That's going to be one of the guys that I'm going to be watching this week because we saw how he's played before. He didn't have some of the best games, didn't take all the best angles, but that kid plays hard, and I think he's going to make a big play in this game. And as far as the score prediction, I think, I think honestly, if the, if the score is going to be at 20, I think Texas covers the 20. I really believe that because they can score because they do have elite skill talent. They're going to score. Biggest question is, is the defense going to play a major role? So I think Texas covers the 20. I don't have a score for you yet, Rocky, because I got to do that for the weekend. Okay. You fire the cannons. I got to make sure that I let y'all know over the weekend. I'm going to hold on that, but I think Texas covers the 20. Okay. Rod? I'm thinking 48 to uh, 20. 27, 28. I think Alabama does cover. The 20, unfortunately. Um, I'm worried about the edges for Texas. Worried about the edges on offense. Dallas Turner and Will Anderson against uh, Texas, you know, having a, a freshman left tackle and Kelvin Banks, who's great, uh, but still a freshman. I do think they'll run six O-linemen package. I think you'll see 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends to try to neutralize the edges. You'll see a lot of two back, two tailback sets have the chipping those uh, edges on the way out to uh, the flats to try to be check downs. But I I think Alabama will cover – Alabama should say much better team than Texas. Um, so I think they'll cover the number. I hope, if I bold prediction, I'll go with Quinn Ewers as a star, not Bijan. So maybe they're keen in on Bijan, but Quinn Ewers is the guy that 
ends up breaking tendency with Sark's offense and they throw the ball more than they run it early on to try to break tendency. But that's about it for me. I, I do think Texas is just outmatched and overwhelmed. It's just, you know, I I would love for the, you know, for the storybook to come true, but this is reality. They did go five and seven last year. And Alabama said they had a rebuilding year last year and they played in the college football playoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For them. And mm-hmm. we lost to Kansas at home. So oh damn. So <sighs> <laughs> yeah. you, you opened up some salty ass. Ones. I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to keep it like that's the why I said Bama would cover the number. No, I do believe Texas will play hard. My bold prediction is the key. I think my offensive player of this game is going to be Jay Witt. I think yeah, they, I, like I think they didn't use him a Love lot. It. Love it. They're holding stuff for him. Mm-hmm. They also need to make sure he's safe and healthy and in bubble wrap make yeah. it to make it to this game. We know he was critical on third downs last year until he got injured. I would love to see him get to have a shining moment on the biggest stage. He deserves it. Yep. I feel like Jay Witt is going to spark when we need it. So that's going to be my bold prediction. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> okay. And then my score, I'm more in the 52-27. And, and I don't even know why I'm saying 27, because I don't think we're going to make two field goals. But <laughs> maybe it should have been 33 if we had not missed so many field goals. Yeah. yeah. That, I'll, just, I'll just go with that. Texas doesn't cover. My even bolder prediction is next year we go in Alabama and beat them. Now that I don't disagree with. Okay. We'll wrap up. Megan, we're going to win by 100. Listen. Give it to <laughs> Listen, y'all. People believe. know I suck at picking scores. I suck at picking games. And I'm not going to use my head. I never do. I'm going to use my heart here. I'm going to say Texas <laughs> covers <laughs> and beats Bama, y'all. Fuck wow. it. Let's bring it. I want to wow. see this. I'm gonna see. I've got, got the score at 42-38. Texas comes out. It's a wild ride to the end. It's going to be a barn burner. We're going to see some crazy like big it. ass plays. I like it. DK is going to be rocking at 11 o'clock in the morning, y'all. <laughs> and we're going to bring it. And we're going to celebrate at Flow Rider. And you ain't going <laughs> to. And you're going to put your hands in the air. Apple body. Put them Put them prayers up to the liver. Because... Oh, no, that happens. This town is gonna burn. It's a- <laughs> I gotta tell you, there'll be couches burning, like inside of thirty five. I know there. My my score is my my crazy Ooh. bold prediction. Yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're Texas right. We're talking about one of the biggest upsets in the history of college football. That's exactly what it would be. Yeah, from one of the biggest programs in college yeah. history. I but like it'll it. be against the but goats and the team that they're saying is his. They, no, look, behind the scenes, they're saying this is his best team he's ever had. He's never had a player on offense defending Heisman Trophy winner coming back and a player on defense they're saying is better than the defensive Heisman Trophy winner they got at quarterback position. Yeah. The well, only the team that has more five stars in Alabama on their roster right Georgia. now is Georgia. But but again, I'm so gonna... weak weak means something very different from them and it is to us. Go ahead, Megan. I want to throw in one last nugget before we finish. Go ahead. And we we've talked about this. Texas has nothing to lose. Alabama's been told they're going to win this. Now, we know Saban preps his teams. Teams are always, they come ready. But they're going to come into Texas, a 20-point favorite, laughing. The CDC said, yeah, I mean, he said, we are, we're always Goliath, right? This is maybe the one time, maybe the one time Texas isn't viewed as Goliath. It's true. So why not? Why not, Texas? Why not go in? We got the players. We got the attitude. We got the legacies. We've got the 
we've got the atmosphere, we've got the preparation, we've got the skill. You'll know in the first 20 plays if your head coach believes it. That's fair. Because if your head coach didn't believe it, he's going to come out there with that bullshit vanilla stuff (laughs) that we've seen already. But if your coach believes Mm -hmm. you can beat Bama, he's going to come out there with a game plan that everybody's going to be like, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. What the hell is that? That's new because we know he's got the capability. We know he's got the capacity. We know he's got the offensive brilliance. But if he don't believe it, he'll go out there and be like, now I'm saving that for the conference. But if he believes he can beat Bama, he's he's going to roll it out. He's going to come out there with the kitchen sink and the sink from the bathroom and he's going to come out there with the water hose box and all that and throw it at Nick Saban and go, F you, Nick Saban, Mm -hmm. beat me. Just my that's my best pitch, and that's the that's the Sark that I want. If Sark don't do that, he ain't my coach. Sark talked about you know they have to give praise to the other team. They talked about Bryce Young. He recruited. He's known him since he was in middle school or mm-hmm. something. He knows his family. He knows how he can throw. He knows how he reads. You know, he also knows his weaknesses. Amen, sister. And he worked tightly and closely with Bryce Young, followed his development, coached him. There's got to be something Sark knows about Bryce Young that other people don't know. That he wasn't willing to reveal to everybody. It's just like, no, nah, it's between you and me. I know your weakness, brother. It's okay. <laughs> something that he can get I with, he can get with PK and, and uh, Gay, Gary Patterson. And they can they can dwell on that for the last few months. That's the only thing that makes me say, well, they might have a little something, something for Bryce Young that we like weren't thinking about. We just got to hope that Nick Saban doesn't have that thing on Steve's our teacher. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We can, talk all we can talk all night, but we know you got family. You got to get to your beautiful wife, the most beautiful one you ever dated. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that I love. There we go. All right. So let's wrap it up. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike and Rod. Ball don't lie. Don't forget, it's three to seven weekdays on the horn, y'all. Shout out. You already listened to them, you know. All right, so let's wrap up. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for having me. Uh, I always love what y'all do. Keep it keep it locked on fire to cannon. These ladies are doing a great job. No question. All right, thanks, Mike. Uh, and uh, thank these ladies for uh, having me as well. And thank you all, you all for listening. I appreciate that. And uh, also remember uh, that um, the Longhorns, you got to have faith, baby. If you don't have faith, right. ain't nobody going to do it for you. You got to do it, baby. Love All right. All right. So as always, y'all, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. Because I got to have faith. I got to have faith. I love faith. I think you said you got to believe it.